1: The professional's choice welcome back to the podcast guys we are gonna have a UV discussion UV light discussion indoor air quality discussion really and we got Aaron Engel from fresh air UV he's been in this industry for a very very long time has a lot of knowledge and we're gonna talk about some misconceptions I'm gonna ask Aaron some questions that came from audience members and It's just a real all round good discussion on UV because there's, like I, I say off the top when we get into the conversation here with Aaron, is there's people that love it, people that hate it, people on the fence. And I'm hoping this conversation here can help with that education perspective. So let's get to this. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. So if you were on the fence prior to this, I'm not sure where you're at now, but at least you're a little bit more familiar, you're a little bit more educated. And you have an understanding of some of the different wavelengths and stuff like that of UV light. So, I got to thank Aaron for getting on here and having this educational conversation with me because that's what it's all about. I want to learn and I want you guys to learn as well while we have these conversations. So, that's it, guys. I'm out. Thank you to the Master Group once again. Happy HVACing. This podcast is sponsored by the Master Group. I just did a demo of a tool I picked up from there. It is the yellow jacket 19880? It is a core removal tool with a T. And the reason I like it so much is because for years and years and years, this thing holds a vacuum when I'm performing a decay test or a rise test. Same thing, really. Every single time. Right? And it's it's a go-to. It doesn't have a ball valve, it's got more of a gate style valve on the top. But it's built solid and it holds a vacuum very, very well for your decay or your rise test. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. All right, Aaron. We're back for round two. The internet wasn't our friend last night, so we're gonna we're gonna rock this one out. Hopefully, with no with no issues. So, what I want to do here is talk about UV lights. And I went to my audience uh, on several different platforms, and I asked for them to give us questions during this conversation that might help them get over the fence on on UV lights because UV lights, as we discussed last night, it's something that some people are fully on board with some people have no clue what they are or how they work and some people are on the fence and some people don't like them at all but it might be due to lack of education on them um so we're going to have this kind of discussion we're going to ask these questions later at the end but we're going to go through some misconceptions but what i want you to do first is introduce yourself who you are what you do and your experience in in the world of indoor air quality and uv
0: Thanks, Gary, and I appreciate the, uh, the invitation to, uh, to discuss this with you and your audience. Um, I've been in the industry for, for a couple of decades now, and it's, a, it's funny to say that out loud. I started in the late 90s and um, really focusing on ultraviolet for HVAC disinfection. That's for the evaporator coils, for the air handler, it's for the ductwork. UV has really been adopted for the past 20, 25 years used in, in HVAC to complement filtration. I'm a vice president of business development for Fresh Air UV, a leading provider of UV-based technologies based in Jupiter, Florida. We have a global footprint. We're one of the largest provider of UV and carbon-based technologies in North America. Uh, We do what we do very well, and we do come from a position of science. So when we do discuss ultraviolet and we discuss what UV can and cannot do, we really are pulling from the decades, 100 years of, of proven, validated Uh, testing that really UV's really proven themselves over over the past you know 100 years so very happy to hit those misconceptions and really uh, demystify UV for a lot of your audience
1: sweet okay it's funny because you said you've been in 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 the industry for that long I remember you posting on LinkedIn I think it was your first AHR going to and, and I remember seeing that picture on LinkedIn so I mean it holds true to how long you've been in this industry and it, it, it's really incredible once you you get involved in something and you get passionate about it, you, you kind of stick with it and and just and just move along with it. Now, uh, these misconceptions, we'll get to them in a minute. But UV, let's talk about UV in general and how long it's kind of existed. It, what its, what its applications are for, uh, air, water, there's so many different things. So uh, there's hospitals use them for certain things. So th- there's different kinds of UV and, and different uh, wavelengths and all that kind of stuff. So maybe just generalize UV for us and what it's actually supposed to be used for.
0: Sure. For, for 100 years, UV has been adopted and used. UV is used for water treatment. Most of your municipal water centers are using UV to disinfect the water. Uh, funny enough, the sun produces all UV wavelengths of light. UVA, UVB, UVC, and UVV. Now, we're very aware and cognizant of UVA and UVB. Our sunscreen, our sunglasses, we're all are all designed to protect us from UV exposure. The front window of our car, funny enough, is the only window that actually has a UVA and UVB filter incorporated into the glass. So we're very cognizant of A and B, but it actually has very little germicidal power. And and I like talking about UVA and UVB because it puts uh, UVC into context. Uh, As dangerous as we perceive UVA and UVB to be, it actually has very little germicidal power. Uh, A great example of that is a sunburn. One sunburn for anybody won't be an issue, but some who continually abuse the sun over the course of a lifetime has enough accumulated sunburns to the point of mutation, which presents itself as skin cancer. So UV technology is based on a fundamental principle that you could deliver a lethal dosage at one time or incremental dosage over a period of time. And in the case of the sunburn, it takes incremental dosages of ultraviolet light on that weaker A and B to the point of that mutation. The UVC wavelength at the 254 nanometer wavelength, you're going to hear me say that a lot, 254 nanometers, is the wavelength of light that we produce It's the same wavelength of light the sun produces, but we are never subjecting the planet or its occupants or any living organism to UVC light. It's absorbed by the ozone layer. So when we hear about the importance of the ozone layer, why it's so important that there's no hole or thinning of the ozone layer, if that should ever happen, that would allow that UVC light to penetrate through the ozone layer and essentially kill all living organisms on the planet. That's how powerful UVC light is. So we're taking that same 254 nanometer light and we're applying it to inside the HVAC system, inside the air handling unit, and we're naturally neutralizing those microorganisms that would be neutralized in the upper atmosphere. And then there's a fourth wavelength of light, also known as vacuum UV or UVB, which is at the 185 nanometer, and that's ozone producing. So there's different types of frequency of light used for different things. At the end of the day, when we see that that famous, you know, Pink Floyd prism, and we see the, the 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 scale of light from from blue to red that we see with our eyes, that's from 400 to 700 nanometers. That's the mm-hmm. visible spectrum that we see with our with our eyes. In yeah. the invisible spectrum is where ultraviolet lies, and that 254 nanometer wavelength, which we would never see when a, a light is on. It's the argon in the glass that's glo- that's burning that causes that blue hue, but in, 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 in reality, UV light is is invisible. So we're adopting that UVC light, and that's what we're applying to inside the air handling units and the HVAC system.
1: Awesome. Okay. So that was a good generalization. Let's talk about these misconceptions, because there's, there's many misconceptions of UV. And when you get online and you start going through all these sort of groups and, and Instagram and stuff like that, everybody's throwing... Opinions and people are. Some people might be throwing out facts, but it's really difficult to to tell when you're reading through all these. What is actually true? What's not? And we got to tackle these so we can we can further educate the audience here. So misconception number one is the air moves too fast for a UV light to sanitize it because the the air is just moving. Way too fast by that UV light. You had a good description of this yesterday, and I'd like you to, to revisit that same sort of uh, thought path.
0: So the you know the air in our homes, uh, you know, isn't a hundred percent makeup air. We don't bring the air into our home and exhaust it to outside. We recirculate, and on average, mm-hmm. with the fan on, it's four to six times an hour. So if you're looking at a at a UV system that's sized properly for the application, you're probably looking at for residential application a neutralization rate of maybe twenty to twenty five percent. Per pass, and if you're going to take the volume of air in that home and exhaust it outside, I'd say, yeah, well, 20, 25% per pass neutralization is really not very effective. But the truth of the matter is that this is based on recirculation. It's based on dilution. We're diluting the concentration of microorganisms that are that's trapped within the envelope of our home or building, and that's really the key here. We could build, and we have UV systems that could deliver a neutralization rate in the high 90th, 99.999 if we wanted to, but we need to have enough lamps and UV power essentially to deliver that lethal dosage on that single pass. Very similar to that sunburn example, that one sunburn, if we were doing a hospital, for example, with hundred percent makeup air, there's no recirculation. So we have to deliver that lethal dosage on a single pass. But for our homes, our residential dwellings, well, we're recirculating. So we have that second, third, fourth sunburn. So we have that essential recirculation rate through the UV field that with every pass, we're neutralizing more and more of what's in the air, 20% this time, 20% next time. After 20, 30 minutes, after an hour, you've done the air in the home. And the example that I like to use is really very similar to conditioning your air, either cooling or heating it. When you go to your thermostat and you tap it three times to lower it by three degrees, you're... Temperature in your home isn't just dropping by 30 degrees like that. It relies on dilution. You're diluting the colder air with the warmer air, and after 30 minutes, after an hour, you've achieved that reduction in temperature. And really, it's the same concept. So we really have to get, take ourselves out of the mindset that it's a per pass. That oh, the you know UV is not effective because it's traveling too you know the air's traveling too quickly by the lamps. Well, you know, in real world applications with recirculation, letting the fan run continuously, you're getting that level of disinfection. You just have to wait it out that 30 minutes, that one hour. But of course, if you, if you're, you know, you want that high level neutralization rate, we have systems that are designed that are parallel to airflow, that are high output UV systems that deliver that necessary dosage. It's all about that dosage, right? That sunburn either in one pass or incremental over multiple passes but we could deliver that lethal dosage on one pass. But mm-hmm. what's is is the juice worth the squeeze? And what I would argue for residential homes, you wanna be proactive in treating the air. You wanna dilute the concentration of microorganisms in the air. You wanna complement what the filter does. Essentially, that's what we're doing here, right? The filter captures the particles, those yep. microorganisms, the bacteria, the viruses, the VOCs, they pass right through that filter. And this type of technology is a perfect complement to address all oh, those finer part, uh, contaminants that essentially the filter doesn't address.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And and I'm going to equate that to a an air conditioning system in a home that's trying to cool down and dehumidify the air. It takes multiple passes of, of that uh, air to go through that uh, A that coil or evaporator coil or N-shaped coil, whatever shape the coil is. But then if you take, uh, for instance, a makeup air unit, that's bringing in a hundred percent outside air your evaporator needs to become super thick. Like it has to be very, very thick. Like I've seen evaporators on makeup air units that are eight inches wide, eight inches thick because it has to saturate and cool the air, um, and, re- or sorry, unsaturate the air of moisture and cool the air in a single pass. So I, I totally get what you're saying. And, 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 and I'm tr- trying to make that equation or equate it to, um, air conditioning for, for the audience's sake to kind of wrap their head around it. So very good explanation on that one. So misconception number two is UV lights destroy plastic. And we've talked about this, uh, through email because I had somebody that online that was saying that, what do we have to do with, with plastic pans and wiring and all that to protect it? So misconception or uh, should we call it a misconception? Cause there's a little bit of um, subsections That's true. of this. So some subsections of this. So um, let's talk about UV and, and plastic.
0: So UV does break down plastics and back, you know, uh, 20 years ago when we were putting out our user manuals and we would, you know, um, describe how a contractor installer should seal the drain pan with, with aluminum and protect it from direct exposure. And over the years, installers wouldn't do it. And we would notice that actually nothing would actually happen to the drain pan. And in reality, uh, plastics really don't pose much of a problem. And, and especially today you have inhibitors that are incorporated into the polymers into the plastics that are inhibiting any sort of degradation because of, of ultraviolet. So it really is not much of an issue where you want to be very cognizant is direct line of sight, to any sort of pliable soft plastic. So a, a example is a rooftop packaging and a lot of wiring, you know, unprotected wiring. The UV light, if it's direct line of sight, we're not talking about reflected UV, it's direct line of sight from the lamp glass to the material. So if okay. there's unshielded, you know, if there's, if there's unprotected wiring, then we would say use some aluminum foil or some aluminum tape to cover and make sure that there's no direct line of sight. So very easy, aluminum foil tape, cover it up, crimp it up and you're, you're A-OK. For plastic drain pans, not a problem. Maybe it's plastic, maybe a slight discoloration if that. But we're really not worried about any sort of real structural, you know, issues as far as breaking down. Um, right. The only real for residential is if, you know, our systems are designed to be installed on the supply side. We want to take care of the HVAC equipment. We want to take care of the coil and so forth. Uh, but if you do want to put a UV-based system inside the return, for example, you just want to make sure you don't have a line of sight with any, polyester synthetic filter media, because that would break down very, very quickly. So a lot of the the misconceptions or the experiences that installers have when they talk about, oh, UV destroys plastics, typically is because they put a UV light really, really close to that filter on the return side, and that UV light will do a very good job of breaking down that filter media. But Mm -hmm. if, you know, in the 20 years, 22 years, Fresh Air UV has been manufacturing, having the system installed on the supply side, there's very little, uh, sensitive materials we have to be aware of.
1: All right. So just make sure we're covering up sensitive, sensitive materials, but the, the plastic in the drain pans should be totally fine.
0: To- totally fine. No, no issues there. And, um, yeah, you, you really will be, you know, it, it's really that soft pliable that you want to be, uh, cognizant of drain mm-hmm. pans. A Okay.
1: Okay. So then we head on to misconception number three, and is that all UV produces ozone. Let me tell you about the giveaway we're doing on Instagram in a couple of minutes, but hang tight because some promo codes first. We have some promo codes. First one is know-it-all. That is the code. Know-it-all, one word. At True Tech Tools, it's going to save you 8% on most things in store. The second one is HVAC know-it-all, one word. That is going to be used over at emotorsdirect.ca to save you 8% on your motor and your motor accessories. So use those codes at those places. Check them out. The other thing we're going to talk about here is JB Warranties and how they are changing the game a little bit when it comes to contractors providing warranty outside of the OEM warranty to their customers. Peace of mind. Heat exchanger, compressor, after 10 years, the warranty's over. Well, we can extend that warranty with warranty extension programs like JB Warranties has and give peace of mind to our customers. So check them out. Rapid locking system is making waves in the game when it comes to pressing for refrigeration pipe, right? Flame free, uh, no nitrogen brazing. So check out rapid locking system guys if you're looking to change up the game a little bit or you feel like having an alternative to brazing because of things like fire permits and fire watches so on and so forth. Okay, now to the giveaway. If you're listening to this podcast around the time it came out, so basically a day or two after it came out, there's, there's a giveaway going on, on on Instagram right now, and it's for a NAVAC NTE11L tubing expander. Really cool tool, and I just did a video announcing the giveaway, so go check it out if you want to enter up for the contest.
0: So, as I mentioned earlier, there's four wavelengths of light, and the last two that I mentioned, UVC and UVV, are the wavelengths that we typically see with UV-based HVAC system. Now, UVC light at the 254 nanometer does not produce ozone. Uh, There's a validation out there, a UL validation. There's there's a couple of them. There's uh, 867 and 2998, and these are either low ozone or zero ozone certifications, uh, our units are UL299820 ozone emitting. So the UVC light does not produce ozone, um, but there are other lamps out there, such as the UVV at the 185 nanometer that does produce ozone. Now, there are some manufacturers that aren't uh, necessarily as transparent as they probably should be. And they don't know, you know, they don't notify or market the products as a U.V.V. oxidizing lamp. They just maybe call it a broad spectrum, or mm-hmm. they use another terminology to describe the U.V. source inside the H.V.A.C. equipment. But essentially, they're uh, relying on the 185 nanometer. And there's nothing wrong with it. 185 ozone-producing. There are uses for it, and there are applications that you do want to produce it. But the question is: Is does all U.V. light produce ozone? That's definitely not the case. It's really in the um, 185 to 200 nanometer wavelength that is uh, ozone producing.
1: Perfect. Okay, so we we've got a couple more here, Um, and I can't read my own writing. (laughs) I wrote it down and I can't. It was a late night last night. Yeah, I can't read my own writing. Okay. All right. So this is what I think this means. So this we'll, we'll we'll call this misconception number four that. If your evaporator looks clean already, you don't need to implement UV light.
0: So when you look at evaporator coil, um, and I've, I've been to facilities, hospitals, schools, where the engineer is so proud of this equipment. Aaron, it looks so clean, and it it, it, it and it may look clean. And then obviously, as the water flows down the evaporator coil, it washes down some of the contaminants in the biofilm. We like to call it biofilm. But the truth is that when you look at a coil, that leaving or leading edge represents a very small percentage of the surface area. You know, 98% of the surface area of an evaporator coil you don't see, and you don't know what's happening inside that that HVAC system. And we like to do this, this test. Well, oftentimes when I'm meeting with a facility, I'll bring in my agar plates or peachy dishes. It's a, it's a it's a peachy dish essentially with a geled, with with a bow gelatin. And you're able to press it into the fins of the coil. And I take a couple of with couple of them with me and I, and I, I press it in and, and I show to the facility director look it looks clean right but you're going to take this disc and you're we're going to cap it and tape it you're going to take it back to your office you're going to put it in your drawer for three or four days and we're going to touch base in four days and see what's growing on your agar plate now I always do two of them because I take one back with me and he takes one back and in four days time I call him up and I say Mark have you had a chance to look at that that agar plate and and for whatever reason he forgets he does it. I, I'm always amazed at that because for me, it's like a little science experiment. I'd be yeah. surprised to see what's growing on that disc. So he pulls it out, and, and I know what he's looking at because I have one on my end. And, and he's like, Aaron, I, I can't believe what I'm looking at. I can't believe that this, 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 this plate, this disc is overrun with mold and fungus. It looks absolutely – usually they call it slime. But essentially, yeah. that's indicative of an HVAC system. What we don't see doesn't necessarily mean that there's nothing growing inside that system. And studies show that the air inside of our homes and buildings is directly correlated to the nature of that HVAC system, system itself. So even though it may look clean, even though it it, it may appear, uh, we don't know necessarily what's happening inside the inside that coil and what's being blown off and reintroduced into the home or the facility. And what, what I tell Mark, uh, you know, is that, you know, on the – I'm going in with with our commercial products in hand, but the truth of the matter is, you know, we have a very strong residential, you know, uh, uh, product offering. And I tell Mark, I go, Mark, the most common testimonial, we get a fresh air UV after a a residential installation is, I haven't slept as well in 20 years. We don't know why we wake up congested, a tickle in our throat, a slight cough, a runny nose. Studies, as I mentioned, show that our air is being influenced by the condition of the HVAC system. And when you install a UV system over the equipment, you're making sure that equipment is sterile and clean. That's how it affects us. So if there's one takeaway that I always, you know, it's always great to talk about, especially in the last two years with COVID. We're all talking about viral neutralization. We're talking about treating, the, disinfecting the air. Some yep. are even talking about disinfecting surfaces inside the home. But the truth of the matter is... Uh, the equipment itself is so important. And we often lost sight of that. And what I try to do is especially moving out of COVID is don't, you know, sure, it's great to have treated air, but let's focus on the equipment, because if we're not taking care of the equipment, and that's being blown off and reintroducing contaminants into the living space, what are we accomplishing?
1: Yeah, no, 100%. I, I agree with you. And I've always, I've always known that the evaporator coil it's it's going to grow something it's it gets wet i mean we have air blowing by it that contains debris even though we're filtering it so with that debris and and, in in that water i mean that's all you need to start growing things right it's it's some water and some particulate and and just it, it gets in there and things start happening um so that moves us on to to it's kind of a good segue to this next misconception is i've already got a high efficiency filter why do I need UV? So we'll call this con, uh, misconception one, two, three, four. Misconception number five. I've got a high efficiency filter. Um, I don't need new uh, UV.
0: Well, very similar to my sand uh, through a tennis racket analogy. You know, particles, dust, dander—that's all addressed by the HVAC filter. And the truth of the matter is, the filter is not there to improve the occupant's health and well-being. The filter is there to protect the HVAC equipment. If we didn't have a filter. That equipment would essentially get get you know gummed up and and fail. So it is mm-hmm. a, a necessity. But of course, if it's removing particles that you and I would breathe, then it is an I E Q product. But the truth of the matter is. Uh, The viruses, the bacteria, the mold, the odors, the VOCs, they pass right through that filter like sand through a tennis racket. So it's really having that that conversation with the installer, the contractor, the end user, homeowner, facility director, that it's great that you have a filter and hopefully you're on top of your PMs and replacing and changing your filters on a timely manner. But the truth of the matter is, is that you're really not doing very much for the air quality in your building. Uh, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, you did not need a UV-based system because we would open it in our doors and windows and naturally, through convection, bring in fresh air and dilute the concentration of whatever it is we're breathing. Well, yep. now, with, you know, lead green building, we're trying to, you know, reduce our carbon footprint, we're trying to improve equipment efficiency, we're essentially putting a plastic bag over our head and breathing that same air over and over again. Studies show that the air inside of our homes and buildings is up to 100 times more polluted than outside. So coming back to that filter question, sure, you have a filter, and that filter is removing the the, the hair and the dust and the dander, but all those other biologicals and VOCs that are continually building in concentration that's affecting and influencing the air quality is not being addressed. And we're not opening our doors, we're not opening our windows because we don't want to spend the money to condition that air, right? Mm -hmm. So studies show that the... Rise in allergy and asthma-related illnesses over the last 20 years is directly correlated to this. And that's why it's so important to have these kind of devices. So this is a pretty long answer to your very short question. Uh, Filters are great for what we call one-third of what's in the air. So 35% of what's in the air is addressed by filters.
1: Okay.
0: 65% which makes up the viruses, the bacteria, the mold, the odors, the VOCs, they pass right through that filter. So we like to position this as a part of a complete IQ solution. Good quality filtration addresses one third of what's in the air. And in our case, our APCO X addresses the other two thirds. And you use a good quality UV based system in conjunction with the filter. Now you're addressing 100% of the air of what's in the air.
1: Okay. All right. So we've, we've kind of dealt with these quote unquote misconceptions and we have answered Three of the questions from the, the audience base that, that I, I said, hey, guys, we're, we're going to have this conversation. What do you, what do you guys want to ask? Um, we've, we've answered the ozone question. Um, we've answered the will UV damage anything question and passing by or the air passing by too fast. We've answered those questions. So there's a couple of ones, and I think they're, they're good, that are left over. And, and here's the first one. Somebody asked return versus supply. Now I know the Apco X is, uh, the, 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 in the instructions it says it's better to be on the supply above the coil, uh, but if you have to, you can put it in the return if you don't have any space. But I just recently put in the one with the remote bulb, which was cool because I installed the main housing on the return and put the remote bulb above the coil. But let's say you 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 have the, the, the version without the... Um, for instance, the version without the, the remote bulb, um, return or supply? Let's talk about both of those, return versus supply.
0: Well, the return is great because you do have the, the airs moving slower on the return side. So as far as exposure time and dwell time, you do get a, a slight benefit by having a return side install. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter because you have that recirculation. So in the, in, you know, over a period of an hour to two hours, you've done the, the majority of the air in, in the home. Uh, I, would, I would sooner put in the supply side, um, personally. This way you don't have to address any sort of filter problem issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to worry about UV light shining on any synthetic materials. But at the end of the day, they're all very, very, you know, the, the technology is very flexible in the sense that it'll accommodate both a return or a supply side. I like the supply side only because if you don't, you know, if you can, if you could hit the, the coil, that for me is a, is, a, is a win-win. You're going to do the air, regardless if it's return or supply, it's preference. Sometimes the the, the, the supply is so short, there may not be enough room to accommodate the APCO. So mm-hmm. for sure, put in the return side, no problem. Um, so it really is flexible. So I really don't have any strong preference on return or supply. I would say whatever's easier for the installer at time of installation would be where the unit should be installed. But with that said, if you're able to hit the coil... At the same time, then that is definite win. That's that's the, the number one installation strategy. And, of course, for in my home, I have a heat pump. I don't have enough room to mount my Apco X over my evaporator coil. So, in my case, uh, actually, and and funny enough, my my uh, takeoff is so short because it just splits, my Apco X is in my return. And I have that secondary UV lamp that's mounted at the coil section. So it's the APCO X dual, right? Like you mentioned, the dual lamp and that secondary lamp. You know, we don't want to lose track of the evaporator coil. And and what's nice about the APCO, especially the APCO X and the APCO X dual, is that no matter what installation scenario you might run into, you always have that option to have that coil radiation. Duct is easy. You can mount anything in any ductwork. So Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: no strong preference one way or another, but try to hit that coil.
1: Okay, perfect. That makes sense to me. So the next question, and, and it's a half-decent one, and, I, I mean, you, you know the people over at Haven IAQ, and they've got a device that measures uh, VOCs. So one of the questions is, is there is there a measurable difference using a UV light? Can we measure what's happening? Rather than putting your, your petri dish on the coil and, and taking it and leaving it in a drawer for a few days, can the average tech somehow measure and show the customer before and after type thing of what's going on in a home?
0: It's very, with a, with a sensor, it's very hard because it's biological. So, a lot okay. of the future benefits, with, with a, especially with a, with a UV or an APCOX, is, is the biological neutralization. So, okay. uh, a, a sensor's not going to read that. What a sensor will read is VOCs. And APCO-X, because of the carbon catalyst, we are very effective at neutralizing odors and VOCs. So that is a parameter that an IQ sensor will be able to read as the reduction in those VOCs that are contributed to, you know, poor air quality or off-gassing of materials in the home. So uh, to answer the question, there are, you know, with sensors, there's different uh, parameters that could be effective. So the VOC sensor certainly would. But the truth of the matter is that these units are disinfection systems they're designed to neutralize microorganisms they're designed to uh, address those contaminants that are problematic to our health and well-being and these sensors at, at least to now um as far as consumer uh, f- are not consumer friendly yet for that level of of yeah uh, of, you know of reading those kind of contaminants
1: gotcha okay all right so i mean we've covered quite a bit on this conversation and i'd like to talk to you about a couple other products because one of them really stands out to me because we're, we're moving into this I we're moving we're constantly moving with uh, mini splits VRV VRF uh, ductless style systems they seem to be growing tremendously in popularity uh, across North America and you have a product that I came across that I am going to recommend to anybody that puts in a, in a ductless system and that is the mini UV LED and I didn't know it existed until I started kind of looking around and 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 i found it and i'm like wow this could be this could be super cool because i get a lot of questions all the time hey how do i take this blower wheel out of this ductless unit um for cleaning and there's ways to put a bag underneath it and clean it but if we can mitigate kind of how dirty things get over time i i think that would be kind of cool and and do you want to talk about the mini uv led and just how it works
0: sure it's a 40 inch led ribbon that's designed to uh with 3m adhesive so it's designed to easily apply to the inside of where where the blower is and it's it's really treating the uh you know as the air exits uh ductless it condenses on the burrow wheel and and shroud and that's what causes the mold and microbial growth so Mm -hmm. the mini led is really designed to make sure that that area remains sterile and clean so led is great led has really Uh, change our conventional lighting, Uh, we're all moving to LED from incandescent and halogen and so forth. But the the fact of the matter is that the power is not really there yet to do high volumetric disinfection. So what I like to call LED is for close target disinfection. So we're not going to put an LED strip inside a ductless and treat the air in the home or in the Mm -hmm. house. What we are going to do is make sure that that close target this infection between the LED array and the blower cage, the blower wheel, the shroud will continually receive that UV light and neutralize. And, and the interesting thing about this is, you know, we all know that UV is dangerous to eyes and skin. We should never expose ourselves to any sort of ultraviolet light. But yep. in the case of the uh, LED, it does work on a different mechanism than our other germicidal products. So you heard me talk about 254 nanometer. Well, the 254 nanometer wavelength is what fresher UV uses to disinfect. But the wavelength of light that we use for the LED is a different frequency. It's called near UV. So it kind of borders on the line between UV and visible light. And what that does is it causes this, uh, this reaction with microorganism where it overexcites the, the microorganism to the point of cellular rupture. So all this to say is that the mechanism that we use for this LED product works differently than our other products where other products could essentially deliver an instantaneous neutralization of a microorganism. The LED light does require time because it overexcites that microorganism. So um, fantastic at helping improve maintenance and cleaning of ductless units. Fantastic for keeping that blower wheel and bringing value to the ductless unit, making sure it's not a contributing factor to poor air quality. How often do we hear that? Oh, my ductless is causing odor or the the odor is emanating from inside the the ductless unit well this is what this led product is designed to do and it does really really well
1: okay cool that that sums that up for me um and before we we take off uh from the conversation i'd like you to just to explain how the 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 ever i think you guys call it ever carbon or ever i can't remember the terminology used for it but it's it's a carbon uh because traditionally uh activated carbon it, it, it gets saturated and you, you gotta you gotta replace it you gotta move on and, and, and get some new stuff for uh, odors and vocs but within your apco x you have that carbon matrix that constantly regenerates you want to explain that a little bit before we head out
0: yeah we call it ever carbon and essentially what it is is activated carbon that's infused with titanium dioxide and it causes this photocatalytic reaction. So, the, the UVC light in itself is a, is a disinfection light. It's disinfecting the, the air, it's disinfecting the coil. As the carbon absorbs odors and VOCs, the UV light reacts with that carbon, actually, really re, reacts with the titanium dioxide that's infused in the carbon, causing this photocatalytic reaction, breaking down those chemicals, odors, and VOCs that were absorbed by the carbon and releases it as CO2 and H2O. So there's this relationship between titanium dioxide, activated carbon and UVC light, where when the three work together, you're able to disinfect the air, obviously disinfect the equipment, and you're also able to cause this photocatalytic reaction, breaking apart all those chemicals and odors the VOCs <coughs> that were absorbed by the, by the carbon. So essentially regenerates it. And that's what's so unique here is that we use the activated carbon to capture and hold that odor or that VOC and the reaction from the UV light and the, um, and, and the activated carbon and titanium causes that, that reaction regenerating the carbon. So it is a, a, a lifetime carbon cell and it is regenerating itself, allowing for further capture of odors and VOCs.
1: Cool. So, I mean, this conversation, we, we covered quite a bit here in, in the 30 minutes or so we've been talking, is there anything else? that you would say to anybody that's still kind of iffy about installing UV in their home or their customer's home? Is there anything that you could sort of ease their mind? Is there any more information or studies that you can sort of tell us about or, or say, hey, this is why it works. And, and, and this is why like we manufacture this. And this is why people are seeing good results from it. Is there anything that you can add to this?
0: I suggest to visit our, our website, www.freshairuv.com. A-I-R-E, UV.com. There's a lot of material and substantiation and, and, and studies available. But the truth of the matter is, is that this is something that, you know, as I mentioned, 40, 50 years ago, we did not need this type of product. We were naturally bringing in fresh outside air and we were diluting the concentrations of whatever we're breathing. And that's not the case. So it's not a silver bullet. It's not the be all to end all. There are technologies out there that make every imaginable claim. You know, they will neutralize what's in the HVAC system. They will disinfect what's in the ductwork. They'll disinfect what's in the living space on surfaces, on doorknobs, on. And there's really very little science or substantiation. So when you, as a as an HVAC professional, are deciding to adopt or use any one technology or product, really go in with uh, with an understanding that. There is no magic bullet. There is no nothing out there that is uh, able to do everything and anything uh, that, that, that you should look at the science. And the nice thing about UV-based technology is that there is over a hundred years of validated, vetted, Uh, Data to show that UV light is so effective at addressing those microorganisms. And and as we evolve and as the technology improves, in the case of a fresher UV and our Apco X product, we found a way to marry the UV light with this uh, ever carbon activated carbon titanium catalyst that allows for further improvement of air quality by addressing odors and VOCs, again, without producing any ozone. So really it's part of a complete IQ solution. We want good quality filtration. We want a UV-based product that addresses all those other contaminants. And, and at this point now, you're doing all you could possibly do for your customers. That, that's what mm-hmm. it's all about, is, is really making the living space and working space uh, a more hospital environment for everybody by addressing all those contaminants that really weren't an issue decades ago but are a very serious threat today.
1: Awesome. All right, Aaron, this has been an awesome conversation. And uh, we've dealt with a, a bunch of misconceptions, answered some questions. And I've received the information from you that that I, I wanted to receive to relay to my audience. So on, on that note, we'll end this one off, man. But uh, I'd like to talk to you again sometime in the future. And, and we'll try to transition the, the conversation maybe into some more commercial and industrial applications as well because we kind of focused a lot on our conversation on kind of residential and stuff. But I'd, l- I'd really like to have a commercial industrial type conversation with you as well along the lines but um thanks man i appreciate it
0: gary thank you it's always a pleasure and uh, hope to see you in your audience soon
1: this podcast is sponsored by cintas major player in the game when it comes to blue collar uniforms they have rental programs they have carhartt stuff they got stretchy expandable breathable material in their their lineup of uniforms and hey, they keep it blue collar for the blue collar trades. So if you're into looking into uniform solutions for your team, please check out our landing page. It's syntos.com forward slash HVAC Know-It-All. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know-It-All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.